if you could do me a favor, you know, if you ain't that busy, if you could throw us down a couple blessings, you know, like one that I don't mess up being a manager. Uh, we're just three cats and never played a single snap. Here to tell you how to draft when the ship and run it back. The stats ain't tell the story, this is the story of the stats. You can stick it to your friends, what's more glorious than that? We're victorious in rap, bringing wrath to our rivals. We're here to shun the stats, laugh, and lead you all the titles. Stick to the path and follow us disciples. The only sin is math, and all you need is the Bible. It's the fantasy. Bible. It's the fantasy. Bible. It's the fantasy. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Bible Week 3 Recap. Winners and sinners, waiver ads, drops, and most importantly, Dane, Boomy Bets were 3-0. and 3-0, and the dachshund with the big brain. Keep it coming, love it. Free money, free yeah. money alert. The nose for the cash. You gotta, you guys gotta get on at Fantasy Bible Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. But mostly Instagram because that's where we post Boomy. You got him. Check him out. He's picked. He's heating up by the parlance of our times. And uh, you know he's got a tough, tough, tough game this week. Uh, I believe it is Bengals Jaguars. So you know it's it's a tough matchup to pick you know, against the spread on or pick the spread on, but. Uh, if he fails, we can always use the excuse that it's like a, a cat game, you know, so it, it threw him off his radar because <laughs> it's two cat teams and, you know, he hates sure. both of them. So he he wasn't really, he's confused, but we'll see. We'll get to that. Um, yeah. On, on today's episode, as I said at the top, Dane and I had the privilege of watching football all day yesterday. So we'll be uh, talking about what, what was good, what was bad, what's going to impact your fantasy lineup, talking waiver ads. Um, none that are too exciting this week, unless you're in a league where someone forgot to handcuff Christian McCaffrey, but, mm. uh, yeah, why don't, why don't we get into news and then, uh, yeah. Also going. side note, I was one of those people who did not handcuff Christian McCaffrey. Oh dear. Cause doing? I, I traded for him and the guy would not put Chuba Hubbard in as a plus one. Oh, wow. That's right. He, and he's yeah. hung on to Chuba this entire yeah. time. And then right. immediately when Christian McCaffrey was injured, he threw up Chuba on the trade block. <laughs> I'm like, all right. I hate, I said Chuba, by the way, Chuba. But uh, yeah, I was like, that's just, you're an asshole. You know? I mean, we can get to it later, but it's, it's, it's going to be like 50% of the production for like two or three weeks. So it's, it's right. really not that big a deal, but it is still, you know, there's, it's waiver fodder for sure. All right. Uh, what do we have in news? Yeah, that does segue very nicely into the news. So Christian McCaffrey went down on Thursday, jogged off the field with a, quote, less than grade one hamstring strain. And one on the scale is the least severe. So that's probably the best news possible. Uh, We've gotten word from the coaching staff that they don't plan to put him on the IR. So I would guess he misses two, maybe three weeks. Um, So he'll probably be back week six. Uh, definitely want to watch the injury report. Could be a little sooner, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't think he plays this next week, and probably not next. So plan accordingly. Hopefully, you have Chuba Hubbard. Uh, if not, good luck. RBs have been pretty abysmal this year. For I do have Chuba Hubbard in the league where I have McCaffrey. I was also fortunate enough to land Joe Mixon in that league, so I can weather the storm. But you do got to feel bad. For the legions of McCaffrey drafters out there, two years in a row he goes down. Although it looks yep. like this year. You never know. I mean, it's a hamstring injury, and they have a, a way of lingering. But 
Mm-hmm. It looks like it's only going to be a couple weeks, and by the time the season's end, he'll have won you so many games that you'll have forgotten about it entirely. That's what I'm telling myself, too. <laughs> and so A.J. Brown also came off the field with a hamstring injury. Uh, I think we got confirmation that it is not severe either, so he's listed as day-to-day. Uh, that waiver, or sorry, that injury report coming in right before recording, so there could be more clarity in the next few days, but uh, probably won't play this week, same as Christian McCaffrey. I'd expect two to three-week timetable. Um KJ Hamler, wide receiver for the Broncos. He also suffered a season-ending ACL tear on Sunday. He was that deep threat guy for the Broncos, and he stepped up after Jerry Judy went to IR. Uh, He had a big play on Sunday, and he won't be there for the rest of the season. This bodes well for guys like Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton as, uh, you know, more dominant. Jerry Judy should be back from IR sooner rather than later at this point. Yeah, I think – what was the timetable on him? It was like six weeks. I thought it was like four weeks. But uh, I thought it was like six. Four to, I thought it was maybe it was four to six. Who knows? But he should be okay. coming back. Uh, the, the good news is no one's supplanting Jerry Judy's role in that offense. But yeah, right. You know, more volume for Sutton and Patrick, uh, who have both, you know, been showing shown their stuff. And Tua Tungabiola went out with went to IR. Excuse me, with fractured ribs. So I have to ask the question. Is Jacoby Brissett a better quarterback for fantasy purposes than Tua? <laughs> uh, he absolutely is, and I'm beginning to think he's probably just a better quarterback than Tua. Look, yeah. Is it just that Tua is not good? Can we can we say that? I know no one wants to say that because he's a great guy and everybody wants to root for him, but, man, yeah. this is the second year in a row a backup quarterback has come in and run that offense better than he could. And it's a different yeah. offense, so it's like, yeah, it's, it's not a good look for Tua. Um he looked better this year than I thought than last year, but he still didn't look like, you know, the guy or anything. I mean, when Jacoby Brissett outplays you. I agree. I think it's a very fair question to ask. I don't think it's like some sensationalist clickbait type question like you get on a lot of, uh, when a lot of things happen. I think this is like something that we could be proven that Jacoby Brissett is a better quarterback. In three weeks when Tua is potentially coming off of IR or whatever, I think there's a legitimate conversation in the Miami Dolphins front office, whether that's the direction they should go, or if Brissett shows that he's capable, leave him in there if they're performing. Yeah. I mean, uh, look, like the Raiders have gone from being one of the worst defenses in the league to one of the best defenses in the league very quickly. So it's like, it's possible that they're not as good. What I'm basically saying is the Raiders defense probably isn't actually that good. Like they're probably you know, converting pressures at an insane rate or just like having an early, like, we'll, we'll see when they play. I, I do believe they've beaten three teams that had a, a 10 plus win record. That is correct. Yeah. I believe they're the only team to start three and O against other teams that were 10 and O or sorry, 10 wins or more previous seasons. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah. But that said, the ascendancy of their defense seems pretty sudden. So it could have just been Jacoby Brissett going off against what's actually a, a mediocre defense not that they went off but they, it seemed like the defense let up a little bit at the tail end of that game when they had the lead so you know i'm not you know closing the books on Tua permanently but if you're a dynasty Tua owner and that's who you're banking on to you know be the face of your franchise so to speak uh might might be time to start looking at uh desmond ritter and uh sam howell and, and uh, spencer rattler and what they have to offer yeah, I would agree with that. Um, in other news, Juju Smith-Schuster exits with the bruised ribs, considered day-to-day. 
Uh, we'll get into that Steelers offense later. Don't want to talk about it now. Yeah. Elijah Moore, wide receiver, rookie wide receiver for the New York Jets, suffered a concussion, so he's in the concussion protocol. That's usually a day-to-day thing. He could play this week. He could not. But either way, you're not going to start him. Don't start him. Panthers no trading. Jets. Never, yeah, don't, never Jets. The only Jet you can make an argument for is Corey Davis based on volume. And in a bad matchup, I still wouldn't feel great about that. So yep. full, full PPR, fine. But other than that, watch out. The Panthers are trading tight end Dan Arnold and a third round pick to the Jacksonville Jaguars for cornerback CJ Henderson. He was a former first rounder. The Panthers need a need some depth at the defensive back positions now that JC Horn, their star draft pick, has gone out to injury. I don't remember his injury or the timetable, but broken the, feet, long time. Oh yeah, broken foot. Yeah, that's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. So uh I guess somebody shook him too hard on a route and he literally broke his ankles or something, but that's probably not what happened. <laughs> I, that was a bad joke. I'll try better next time. No, um, he's been playing well, but yeah, I think yeah. it's multiple broken bones in the foot, like two or three months. Yeah. So props on the Panthers for making like a, a active move here. They're not sitting around waiting. Yeah. They're, they're like, crap, we're three and oh. <laughs> yeah. Like we have a legitimate shot. We got to keep, uh-huh. keep the momentum right now. So. Yeah, I'm curious to see what they'll do rest of the season, especially if their defense is legit or not. Um, and lastly, just my own reminder, Antonio Brown was on the COVID IR list, so I assume he'll be back by Sunday. I'm sure we'll mention it at the top of the next episode, but he should be back. Antonio Brown, probably a good buy-low candidate. Yeah, potentially. Somebody might forget that he was really good week one, and I think he was like mediocre week two because he didn't get a lot of a lot of Don't targets. Week three. What have you done for me lately? You know? Exactly. Somebody so, forgot. Yeah, and uh, I like him to get you know consistent targets throughout the year, at least consistent opportunities. All right, is that all we have in news today? That wraps up the news cycle. Yeah, there, there. You know, there's impacts of the news throughout the episode, so I won't touch on any of that too much. But it looks like we got a mystery question. So, Danny, here's my question for you. Yes. Um, this question is going to be irrelevant to our listeners, but it's it's a personal one because I don't have <laughs> another mystery question prepared. Lots of injuries on the Cowboys' defensive line. Eagles offensive line looking pretty strong. My lot is out. Brooks is out, but you know, they should be able to weather the storm. Eagles are plus 150. Are you taking Eagles money line in Monday night football? I personally am not, but I think that's those are great odds if you're an Eagles fan. So I, you know, I, I could definitely support a bet. I think it will be a close game. I'm curious to see how the Eagles defense in particular stacks up against the Cowboys offense because the Eagles have looked great through two games on defense. The Falcons are proving to not be a great offense, but what they did against the 49ers was hopefully a moniker of their future performances. And I think they'll be truly tested by Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Zeke. Like That's what I'm looking forward to mostly is uh, Cowboys offense versus Eagles defense. But I do think the Cowboys win, not by a whole lot. I don't know the spread, though. Oh, I, I don't think it's big. It's probably just a couple of points. Uh, are they are they at Dallas or Philly? They're at Dallas. And, okay, then Dallas uh, is probably like four. They're four minus three, maybe. yeah. Okay. Yeah, see, um, that's about how close I think it'll be. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be a close game. It's uh, I was fortunate enough that the 49ers left like 30 seconds on the clock for Aaron Rodgers last night because mm. I, I had a, you know, a couple Packers money line situations going on and they were fortunate enough to come true. And now I'm tempted to put them all on the birds and just, you know, go 
go double or nothing. <laughs> uh, but I don't think I will do that because it is in Dallas. And look, you can't count out Dak Prescott. But I feel pretty good about the birds. All right, you want to get into winners and sinners? Talk about what we saw this weekend. Yeah, let's do it. All right, uh, my first winner is Cooper Cup drafters. Those who chose oh, Cooper yeah. Cup over Robert Woods. I have seen multiple sentiments on Twitter from many fantasy gurus, large and small, that have Cooper Cup as their number one wide receiver, not just in scoring, but that they wouldn't trade him for any other receiver in the league. Over the first three games, he has 25 catches on 33 targets, which is just straight up Darren Waller volume. That's 11 targets a game. That's that's fantastic. And the difference between him and Darren Waller is he's averaging 14 yards of reception, so they're like, Fairly deep targets as well. Five touchdowns in three games. Uh, I would agree with the take that I don't think I would take any other receiver right now over the, in the league over Cooper Cup. Like the Rams are the team to beat. And everything that we thought might happen with that Matt Stafford offense is happening. Um, so, yeah, really high on Cooper Cup. You probably can't acquire him right now. But if you've got Cooper Cup, you probably have him as your wide receiver too. Maybe you can use him as a trade piece to acquire, you know, a star running back, given, you know, that you probably have your wide receiver one slot locked down if you made the right decision. Or you can just hold on and enjoy the ride. The one word of caution I will say is we've been here before uh, with Cooper Cup. He was like the top uh, top three wide receiver, I think, through like the first eight weeks of a season, potentially 2018 sounds right, whenever Jared yeah. Goff was really singing it. It was probably 2018. And uh, the, the things kind of fell apart there. And they do have a lot of other weapons on that offense. I'm hoping Robert Woods will get his eventually. But, yeah, my winner is Cooper Cup drafters because the connection is real between him and Matt Stafford. Yeah, I think that's a great point that a lot of people are saying they wouldn't trade him for any other receiver. I think the case could be made for Devontae Adams or Tyreek Hill. But, honestly, that's – a debate like the fact that we have to think about that is saying a lot that's where you should be valuing cooper cup right now in my opinion he's above stefan diggs he's a way above ridley now he's above any of these other guys like even mike williams who is my first winner on the list he's a top five wide receiver right now would you trade mike williams for keenan allen straight up with the same receiver on his team who was drafted far far above him like absolutely I would too, but I, <laughs> but I think but I think there is certainly a discussion to be had there, and I think there's a lot of Keenan Allen owners who would probably trade Keenan Allen for Mike Williams just based on like what have you done for me lately? Like you said earlier, like so. Let me just throw his stats from the last week: seven receptions, 122 yards, two touchdowns for Mike Williams. He's the number one wide receiver on the week. I believe that held up. Maybe Devontae Adams passed him, but. Uh, He's probably the best value in the draft of the season. Like, I don't know. There's probably another player you could mention, but I, I think he's definitely in the top three. Well, I don't want to like keep talking because I think you should get to your next winner, but I do have something, some more winnery stuff to say about Mike Williams. I don't know if we should transition naturally into that or not. Um, I mean, if I've already mentioned him and you have something to say, probably. Well, okay. Well, my second winner is the Fantasy Bible listeners. Oh, yes. Because all <laughs> offseason, we have said reach on Mike Williams. He's going in the ninth or tenth round of drafts, but we will take him in the seventh or eighth round. And boy, oh boy, did this pay off. I mean, Dane, <laughs> there was an episode where we did a mock draft and I took Mike Williams and you said, oh, you're thinking about him there. I guess I need to reassess where I need to take him. We've been talking about this guy for months now. Seven catches for nine targets on a buck, 120, two touchdowns, as Dane just said. Look, 
here's my thing with Mike Williams. If you drafted someone with like Calvin Ridley without your high round pick and you have Mike Williams, you're pretty grateful that Mike Williams is on your roster. Oh yeah. But if you're someone that drafted Cooper cup or Jamar chase or Debo Samuel, maybe all three of these players, cause that's possible. Someone could yeah. easily have all three of those players. You have depth that you did not anticipate. And maybe you even took Mike Williams late. Like someone could very easily have all four of those players on, on their team. That to me is like Williams is the ultimate sell right now because you invested such a late right anywhere between a seventh and 11th round pick on this guy. And you can now flip him for a top, you know, three round asset, depending on someone's belief in Mike Williams and their need and all that kind of thing. Maybe they have Justin Herbert. Maybe they want the Williams stack to me. Williams is the ultimate trade piece because a lot of teams probably don't need their girl had to have them, but they probably don't need him on their roster. Yeah, I think that's a great point. It's the ultimate sell high opportunity. People are going to be seeing his ranking on the on the year so far. And he's proven that he's a very good NFL wide receiver. And the only problem I have is health, of course. He's proven that he cannot stay healthy based on his style of play. But when Justin Herbert is throwing him the football, I feel very good every single time he's in my lineup. So some people probably need him, like you said. <laughs> but uh for those of you who are need more needing at running back or tight end, this could be a great opportunity to trade them for somebody like a, a stud at one of those positions. So definitely hey, something you to think consider. Mike Williams for Antonio Gibson. I feel like that's a trade we talked about before, but it might be harder to pull off now for the Mike Williams owner. What do you think? Oh yeah. I would make that trade in a heartbeat, especially with how, how difficult it has been to field two running backs on your roster. Like running back two is a wasteland in the first three weeks. It's so hard to, to roll out two comfortable running backs unless you just got lucky, I guess. I don't know. Um, yeah, I would definitely be trading him for a top running back if I could even throw in another running back, whether that's like a, a middling guy, like a Melvin Gordon or a, so, somebody who's splitting work. A middling it, guy like Melvin Gordon, you say, I just a mean middling guy like Melvin, Melvin Gordon, <laughs> RB nine on the season, Melvin Gordon. Oh, that is shocking. But I mean, he, he profiles <laughs> probably more as a week to week running back too. So I mean, yeah, like, yeah, no, par, no. parlay a running back too, which is probably what you'll have to pay to get an RB1 because people won't really have replacements. So you need to backfill his RB slot with a serviceable guy. And I think, you know, Melvin Gordon has proved worthy of being rostered and flexed and maybe your RB2 in some weeks, but ultimately upgrading if you can afford it is is the move there. Agreed. Who else is on your winners list for week? Oh, it, it's Josh Allen, baby. Josh <laughs> Allen's back. Finally, so Josh glad. Allen shows us why we drafted him in the number five overall slot of a super flex league. Yeah, and I'm so so thankful. Couldn't have come at a better time. The league I drafted him in, I am zero and two, but now I am one and two. Thank you, Josh <laughs> Allen. Uh, who else did it for me? Uh, the Panthers defense. Thank you, Panthers defense. I'd like to thank the Panthers defense. Yeah. Thank you, Najee Harris, who we'll get to, I'm sure, at some point. Uh, yeah, Josh Allen, 37 fantasy points, four pass touchdowns, one rush touchdown. He was looking a lot better on his deep balls, 358 passing yards. Emmanuel Sanders is another one that you might have on your list, but he looked great on the field, two touchdowns. Oh, like this is what we expected from Josh Allen. And it was against the Washington football team who going into the season, we predicted was going to be a good defense and they so far have not lived up to that expectation. So I just loved seeing that from Josh Allen. I feel so much better going forward. I can take a breath and momentarily be relieved at a one and two position. So 
Yeah, and look, it's it's either a sign that the Bills are back or that this Washington defense is way, way, way worse than we thought it was going to be heading yeah, into which, the season. Which is very possible. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so my next winner is zero RB drafters. Because <laughs> I am 3-0 and in one league, and it is the league that I went zero running backs in. Um, so the top five running backs this season are Derrick Henry, Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, Christian McCaffrey, and Austin Eckler. Pretty standard, pretty standard top five. Running back six, Kareem Hunt, tied with DeAndre Swift, who was also going at the third round of some drafts, but in the sixth round and in others, in the perfect spot for zero RB drafters to snatch him up. We have Melvin Gordon at running back nine, Jamal Williams at running back 12, James Robinson at running back 16, one spot ahead of Dalvin Cook, Corderell Patterson and Darrell Henderson in the 18 and 19 spots. And then another group of just like no names rounding out the top 24 names like James Conner, you know, the guys, you know, who isn't in the top 24 Saquon Barkley, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, Jonathan Taylor, Ezekiel Elliott, although he, he still has to play tonight, Josh Jacobs, you get my drift. There are a lot of guys that were drafted higher that have done worse. There were a lot of guys that were drafted in the middle that have done well. We have yet to see if these trends bear out, but for a podcast that has, really uh, emphasize the importance of drafting running back early and often in your drafts uh, quite educational this, this season to see this strategy play off. If you choose the right running back twos, of course, but there's a density there. I mean, you know, Jamal Williams, James Robinson, Melvin Gordon, all these guys were available at different points out the draft to where you could have a deep running back core. If you drafted all of them, which you might, have done because that's the core of the zero RB strategies get the stars early in the quarterback and tight end and wide receiver positions, and then load up and running back upside possibilities in the ladder and the draft. So yeah, this season has definitely changed my perspective. I don't know if I would do that in one of my main leagues, but it's definitely something to consider moving forward. Yeah. It's one of those zig when other people are zagging type approaches. Like if you see running backs are gone off the board very quickly, you can opt to, you know, choose the top values at receiver or tight end that are following a little bit and then build your team that way and pick up, like you're saying, the running backs on the end of the middle rounds, but uh, a little sketchy for me, but uh, glad mm-hmm. it worked out for you, bro. Uh, who's your, Oh yeah. That was your winner. Zero RB drafters. Yeah. Some of them. <laughs> yeah. Some of them. I listen. So to, to be more specific, I got, I got, Kelsey, I got Diggs, Keenan Allen. So I, I didn't even get like players that are that outstanding. Uh, Darren Waller and Lamar Jackson. There you like, go. Yeah. That's that's like my first five sort of, not yeah. in that order, but those are the first five picks. And then I was lucky enough to land Swift and Hunt in the sixth and seventh. And that is really what it has enabled me to. Uh, but if, yeah. you, if you weren't lucky enough to do that, but still like, you know, Darrell Henderson, before the uh, injury, the Cam Akers injury, thank you. Oh, yeah. Um, was, you know, such good value for some people. And even after, after they signed Sony Michelle, remember there was like that interim where Henderson was going like really high and then they signed Sony Michelle and then you could get him again in like the sixth or seventh round. So, yeah, I don't know, just something to consider. But as you said, can be pretty sketchy. All right. Who do you have anyone else in the winner's column? Uh, yeah, I do have Najee Harris there just because he was drafted fairly high. He had 14 rushing attempts for 40 yards, which is not great, but he had 
14 receptions on 19 targets for yeah. 102 yards receiving. So I think we need to contextualize this winner oh, yeah. thing. How much longer is Benjamin going to be the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers this season? Yeah, that is definitely the question a lot of people are going to be asking around the NFL. I'm sure are already talking about um, definitely more to discuss on my sinners list because uh, Ben's on there. So <laughs> we'll definitely get to him. I just think this was a, a sigh of relief for Najee, Najee Harris managers just because you d- didn't see much until this week and his rushing is still not efficient. The Steelers offensive line is not good. That's for sure. And he's getting hit behind the line of scrimmage. at I think the number one rate in the NFL so that's definitely a problem to overcome. But if you see him this involved in the passing game, he's going to have production no matter what. He's on the field every single play. So definitely something good to see from him. It's a yes and no for me. Like on one hand, it seems like the furthest Ben Roethlisberger can throw down the field as a running back check down. And so we are going to see a lot of passing work. The issue is if they decide to go with like a Mason Rudolph or they're like, you know, this is giving us no chance of winning with Big Ben here. Um, no, they, they they might not check down at the same rate. And then there's also just like, if the offense is bad, they're going to have less opportunities to score. So sure. um, Najee Harris, I think, from a dynasty perspective, is is where I'm feeling the most satisfied in my drafting of dynasty. Like, I didn't draft him, but if I had, that's where mm-hmm. I'm most satisfied because it's like, all right, this guy's talented. They want to rely on him. We just need a a better quarterback situation, which I don't know if they can get that in one year, but maybe two years, they got a good coach, but yeah, Steelers, oof, rough stuff. All right. You re- you ready to move into the uh, more negative portion of today's yeah. episode? Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay. My first center, I'll get it out of the way because it's pretty quick. Uh, anyone that's in a league that still has kickers, where they lost because Justin Tucker broke the NFL record by kicking a 66-yard field goal that bounced in off the crossbar. So the Detroit Lions lost 19-17 to in a game that they had almost certainly won up to that point. I mean, imagine it's like you don't even get to enjoy the absurdity of this moment because you're you know stuck in the, the, the dark ages and you have kickers in your league. And, uh, you know, maybe it's not your fault. Maybe your commissioner is just, uh, you know, old and patriarchal and that's the way he wants it. But yeah, no, uh, get the kickers out of your league and then you won't, won't lose to NFL history making plays. Yeah. Pretty insane kick. Kudos to Justin Tucker, probably the best kicker of the NFL. He think he's, I think he's proven that, um, I mean, just so clutch. Like you love to see that, but the the Baltimore Ravens should have never been in that position at the beginning. Oh yeah, yeah. Losers <laughs> overall, losers are the Ravens. In this situation. Yeah, yeah. That's a bad look to be kicking a walk off field goal against the Lions. Like that's, uh, but great kick. Love it. It was. Well, when it bounced in, like my jaw dropped. A, yeah. I'm a pretty silent football watcher. Like if it's not yeah. the birds, I'm I, I'm pretty much dead silent. I was like. I was losing my, my, I got, I can't, I hate that we can't curse on the show. I was losing my mind when, uh, when that happened, I was just like, Oh my God. Like, yeah, it was, it, our, it was one of the most insane things I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it was a jaw dropper for sure. And yeah, our sponsors would hate it if we cursed all, all, all of our lucrative sponsorship deals Listen, that we've brokered. Through. <laughs> it's all about be the man you want to be not the man you are and we want to be the man that are sponsored by uh you know the catholic church we'll take anyone we'll take anyone that uh you know no matter what your morality spectrum is all right 
Oh, it was. Yeah, you know what sponsor I don't want, which segues into my center, is uh, Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy, yeah. I don't want him as a sponsor. He is... So I, I wrote Justin Fields on my sinners list because he had an abysmal performance. And I think half of that is on Matt Nagy. Half of it is on him. Uh, Justin Fields had, I think, 60 something yards passing on the whole game. And then he took 60 something yards in sacks. Like, yeah. so he had one positive net yard that he contributed sure. to the offense. And then Let's I think he rushed for 39 year old Jason Peters to protect our rookie quarterback. Let's yeah. get a rookie quarterback that's like 200 and a billion pounds and runs a 4440 <laughs> right. and never roll him out and never use him in design run situations. Yeah. What the absolute hell was that? Yeah, that's exactly why Matt Nagy is on this list side by side with Justin Fields because part of it you can't attribute to Justin Fields and part of it you can. He did hold the ball sometimes. He did just stare down a single target and throw it no matter what, even if they were triple covered, but Matt Nagy did not design a game plan for Justin Fields. He put Justin Fields into the Andy Dalton game plan and expected things to happen that were never going to happen. Right. Like, Justin Fields is not a three-step drop pocket passer. And he's asking Justin Fields to do five-step drops on third and 10 when he's been getting rushed all game. Like, what are you doing? Matt Nagy was not prepared. He had it's, no idea what he was doing. It's so evident. Like you can, you can't ask for a better example of an NFL coach being a bad coach because the whole point of being a coach yeah. is, Oh, can I put my players in positions to succeed? And it's yeah. like, when you talk about Justin Fields and, and what the worst case scenario is, he holds the ball too long and he takes a ton of sacks. Well, that's only if there's a game plan in which that is conducive to that happening. So it's like, God, fire Matt Nagy. Don't write off Justin Fields just yet because I think a, a better coach would be getting a lot more out of him in, in that situation. 100%. How can you have Justin Fields and not give him a bootleg in the yeah. whole game? Yeah. What, 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 are, you what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. He was trying to see him fail. Like, there's no, you can't. Oh, and look, like there's, yeah, there's Madden play callers. There's, you know, whatever you want to, couch quarterbacks, whatever you want to call us. I firmly believe that I am a better NFL coach than Matt Nagy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe a better play caller. I don't play know. Play caller. But... Yeah, let's yeah, say yeah. play caller. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows about talent evaluation and any of that? But yeah, you just give me a sheet of plays and I can tell you how to get the most out of Justin Fields. Agreed. All right. Uh, I have a center, and that center is uh, Tyler Lockett, or at least the owners of Tyler Lockett, because there's no way you were going to sit Tyler Lockett. But this unfortunately gives an inkling of weight to all the people that were saying you should sell high and lock it before it's too late, given the general streakiness of his performances and the Seahawks offense in general down the stretch, how they usually regress, whether it's due to Russ or whatever. And Lockett turned in by far his worst game of the season, picked up what looked like a nasty knee injury. He returned to play. He should be fine, maybe a little hobbled. Um, but yeah, a little bit concerning that like, you know, we all thought, Hey, this offense is built for Tyler Lockett. He's going to sustain this production for once. No, he's still going to be the same streaky player that disappears into the game plan sometime that said, uh, I would not sell low. Like if you were getting wide receiver one offers for Tyler Lockett last week, that's still what you should be trying to feel because, the offense is still built for him. It's just sometimes Russ is going to Russ and Seahawks are going to Seahawks. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, the Seahawks defense, they should be the center. Seahawks defense is really bad. So the, these, this team is going to be in a downfield passing situation all season. 
Um, so maybe Tyler Lockett's not the big picture center, but yeah, it was rough to see Tyler Lockett come back to earth in week three. Yeah, I agree. Um, he will have some streaks to his game, but yeah, we saw what the upside is definitely worth playing. Um, I had a similar guy, Hawkinson, TJ Hawkinson, Detroit Lions tight end. He was only two receptions for 10 yards against the Ravens. Uh, probably not a predictive performance for the rest of the season, but it shows you that the floor is pretty low on that Lions offense in total. Hawkinson is relatively safe. You're not going to bench him for anyone else, but definitely a center on the week. Then after that, uh, somebody I wanted to talk about a little more is Tyson Williams, running back, undrafted rookie free Ooh, agent yes, for the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he only had five carries for, I think, an average of 3.2 yards per carry. Um, just when he was like starting to earn everyone's trust, uh, yeah, he pulled the rug out and not really by any fault game. of his own. It was more of a Latavius Murray game, but not so much. He only had two more carries maybe one more reception or something, but Tyson Williams was actually getting the the majority of the snaps. So I'm just, he just kind of like got lost in the game plan. Maybe like, I don't know, they didn't plan to pass as much or something, but he was on the field more than any other running back. Even uh, Devonte Freeman was out there, but far less than uh, Murray or Tyson Williams. I'm just a little, a little scared <laughs> by Tyson Williams. Now I don't think he's the low end RB two slash flex running back that I thought he could be. Um, oh, I wouldn't go that far. But I, I mean, yeah. in the right matchup, he's an RB2 play. And then in most matchups, he's probably a flex running back play. Well, yeah. And listen, if, if an RB2 got you an RB2 amount of points every matchup, then they would be an RB1. Like the, Correct. the, yeah, the yeah. whole thing about being an RB2 is you're going to have games like this. But I still think, you know, well, I agree. Like this is what we were all saying about Tyson Williams is, you know, don't expect, you know, the James Robinson of last year here he's going to be in a timeshare mm-hmm. this should have been an anomaly game or should be an anomaly game for the ravens like they should get back into a situation where they're controlling the game flow and they're running the ball with a lead and all that kind of thing things so yeah uh, definitely a similar situation i agree definitely a center for the week and uh, uh, a blow to his value if you were hoping to move him maybe package him for something else but um still definitely a startable player for me um, moving on to another group, I want to talk about the Giants wide receivers that could not get it done about against the Falcons. Saquon will get his work, but so I left him out of the loser category. But like, all right, Galladay led the day with four for sixty-four. That's your big offseason addition. Galladay he gets just sixty-four yards and a loss to one of the worst defenses and worst worst teams in the NFL. Someone named. Calvin Johnson, Cal, what what was something like that? Colin Johnson catches five for catches for fifty one yards. Uh, Sterling Shepard, this is the new Sterling Shepard. Everybody, make sure you pay up big in trades for Sterling <laughs> Shepard. Two catches and injured. Darius Slayton, one catch and injured. Kadarius yeah. Tony drafted big offseason weapon. Two catches for sixteen yards. The Giants suck. Stop drafting the Giants. Stop trading for the Giants. Don't tell me how Daniel Jones actually looked good. This is a bad team. They're 0-3. Jason Garrett has no creativity. The offensive line is paper. The team is bad. Bad teams don't put up points. They don't stay on the field. They don't have the depth to replace offensive production. Cancel the Giants. I love the passion you put into that. I think I need to buy you a new keyboard after you just smash that one to pieces. <laughs> but I agree, dude. This is why I talk so much trash about Daniel Jones in the entire offseason. 
he cannot sustain wide receiver production that you will ever want to see. Like they've used him more running, but half of that is scrambles and half of that doesn't translate to the wide receivers. Like, I don't know, man. He just, it's everything I thought the giants offense would be. Yeah. Jason Garrett is probably the worst offensive coordinator in the league. One of them, definitely one of them. Um, You got Saquon Barkley. You got this Kadarius Tony guy. Like, I don't know if he's good, but he has physical ability. And what are they doing? They're, They're doing nothing. Right. Yeah. Definitely just uh, get out of there if you can. Um, that's why I did not draft Kenny Galladay and I advised against it. I knew this would happen. <laughs> yeah. I have zero Giants ownership and I uh, is one of my proudest, you know, whatever yeah. happens throughout the season, I'm glad to have 0% Giants ownership. <laughs> All right. Uh, so my next, my last center, I'll just cut it short here is uh, Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, we t- touched on it a second ago. This guy should have retired. He took a big pay cut to even stay as a starting quarterback for the Steelers. And I think that was a terrible choice by the Steelers. He shows that they give him a a one-dimensional game plan. Ben Roethlisberger is a a one-trick pony at this point. He can throw it five yards and can't do anything else. Um, I think he had 58 passes, pass attempts. Oh, my gosh. So so listen, (laughs) listen to this, though. So he had 58. I'll say it again. 58. That's a massive number. That is that is no no quarterback should ever throw that many passes. And can you guess how many of them went farther than five yards? Um, I would hope 10. Oh, my gosh. I was going to say, so, it's got to be at least 10. Like, it's probably not as low as I'm thinking. <laughs> no, he had five of them that went past 10 yards and eight of them went past five yards. And this is in the air, of course, because, you know, people can run after the catch. But uh, if we're counting air yards, eight of them traveled farther than five yards. That is insane. You can't win NFL games like that. And what is Big Ben doing? Like, He has the weirdest ego problem where he can't quit he has to keep playing yeah. but he can't play well so he it just his yeah. legacy just gets tarnished with every snap that he takes I, yeah. yeah it's a bad the Steel- situation the Steelers offense has suffered a hamstring injury and his name is Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> yeah yeah not low not super excited about this this offense similar situation of the Giants I don't think it's as bad we're going to get, I mean, look, Claypool is a talented guy. Deontay Johnson's a talented guy. Najee Harris is talented, but all that talent is not going to bolster the bad offensive line and the sack of uh, sad sack quarterback. <laughs> that oh, is yeah. uh, Ben Roethlisberger. All right. all right. Any other centers from you or? No, we can wrap that okay. up and get into ads and drops. Um, I think the first guy to mention here is obviously Chuba Hubbard. Yeah. If he's out there, he's definitely um, out there in some leagues. Yeah. Probably worth your number one priority. Should be worth two or three weeks of decent starts. Fab, maybe 20%. I mean, I don't know. I feel like a lot of these people might be in dire needs for a running back. So if, if you don't have any running back two to speak of, like maybe running back two is James Conner, then I'd be spending probably close to 40 fab on him until CMC comes back. Yeah, look, CMC hurt his hamstring, so it's not like that's the injury that heals up and gets all magically better. Like, yeah, I I, I really hope this doesn't happen, but they have a way of nagging and getting yeah. re-injured so Chuba could have more value than you anticipate. And running backs don't just pop up like that. Um, Peyton Barber, any thoughts on him? He, he had a decent game. He's been in the league for a while. Good story. Was homeless before he signed to the Bucks, if I remember correctly. Um, but, yeah, he's he's uh, definitely a spot start if you need somebody at running back. And obviously only if Josh Jacobs is out another week, which is to be determined. We'll update you on our Friday pod. But 
Uh, yeah, Josh Jacobs, if he's out, I mean, God, I hate to say it, but Peyton Barber is a fairly decent streaming running back while Josh Jacobs is out. Like, it, what doesn't make any sense to me, they paid Kenyon Drake so much money, right, to come in to this offense. That I think they're paying him just almost almost as much as Josh Jacobs, and they don't use him when Josh yeah. Jacobs goes down. They they throw him the ball. He's there. He's the he has the same back. role. He has the same yeah. role. Josh Jacobs goes out, and he's, he's the exact same role. Yeah. What? Like, Kenyon Drake can run the ball too. Like, yeah. It's it's very yeah. Yeah. Kenyon Drake's Look, role. Three and oh, Who knows? Maybe they know what they're doing. I, I, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Kenyon Drake's role in Arizona was the third down running back. Or sorry, sorry, no, opposite. Uh, he was, was the, the work one and two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then oh, Chase yeah, Edmonds and everybody was, was the like, third down. Throwing the ball to Kenyon Drake, and then yeah, exactly. They, and now he's doing the opposite thing for the Raiders. What is going on? Dude? I don't, I don't understand it at all. Yeah, I mean, look, Kenyon Drake has a nice solid PPR floor. Yeah, but that's that's it. It's too bad because this is what people were hoping for when they drafted Kenyon Drake is that Josh Jacobs might miss some time and then they would have an RB one out of it. Nope. Um, yeah, wrong. Yeah. I was one of those people, by the way. <laughs> yeah, just got grooted. All yeah. right. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, 100% fab. Use it all. Uh, I wouldn't... <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Okay. Yeah. Definitely agree that you should add him if he's on the waiver, but I do not agree on the fab price, probably like 25% somewhere around there because he's proven that he's going to be a consistent part of the offense and he might have some down weeks, but I think he's proven the most that he's taken over that role other than Gabriel Davis as the deep threat guy, which I did not expect him to take like those deep targets, but he's looking good with it. He can catch balls all over the field. And that's why he's doing that. Like, you know, like 35 years old. And it it shows that. And like Cole Beasley has not been faded out of this offense. Like I think Cole Beasley caught nine balls yesterday or something like that. They're they're just going to Sanders in, in more explosive situations and uh, yeah, Emmanuel Sanders is a good receiver if he can stay healthy. So the connection with Allen is there. Uh, I, I know it's not an exciting name, but he could have a, a bit, a little bit of a resurgence. Um, any other names on your list here? I, I have uh, three more to get to. I have three more that I'm not thrilled about. I'll rattle them off quickly. Tyler Conklin, like flashed for tight end at Minnesota Vikings, like. If you need a tight end start, maybe he's worth looking at. He, I think, was a tight end one on the week or, or tight end two or three. Sorry, not did not beat Kit Kelsey, but uh, no one does. Uh, AJ Green had a big week with Arizona. DeAndre Hopkins a little hobbled off injury, and I believe they play the Rams next week. So, good chance D Hop is facing off against Ramsey a lot. So, AJ Green could get looks in that game, could be a, a streaming wide receiver three flex play that week and Zach Moss running back for the bills. I don't love it, but he's a name that people will be looking at if he's on the waiver wire. I mean, he might be with rostering, but I'd, I would, I would feel pretty terrible if I had to play him, you know, I don't know, but uh, another name, Nick Westbrook, Akinhe is the, <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, the Titans. No, no, no. He's a wide receiver for the Tennessee Titans. That's what he I said. Caught, oh, I thought you said tight ends. You said tight oh, tens. No, oh, yeah, yeah. You see what the I mean? Tight, okay. Yeah, 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 My yeah. bad. My, but yeah, he caught four balls for 53 yards when AJ Brown left the game. So it's like if AJ Brown is out and you need a spot player, maybe. I don't know. Don't love it. Look, uh, this guy, don't overlook him because of his hyphenated last name. It could yeah. be something there. Um, I have a couple of names that they're out too as a result of this trade Dan Arnold and Tommy Tremble. Uh, yeah. Carolina liked enough from Tommy Tremble that they moved their offseason acquisition, Dan Arnold. 
And Urban Meyer disliked his tight end enough to trade a former first round pick, literally last year's first round pick, to get Dan Arnold, uh, who is more of a pass catching tight end to begin with. He's not like a, a blocking tight end. And, you know, the whole rookie quarterback throwing to tight ends, Trevor Lawrence seems to like to look to his tight ends. So, yeah, uh, both those guys could get an increase in targets as a result of this trade. And then last guy I want to mention is Deshaun Jackson, who should have a few more games like we saw yesterday. They've been trying to get that deep ball connection going. No one in the league does it better than Deshaun Jackson, even at his age, uh, if he can stay healthy. So, yeah, there, there's very – if you're looking for a high upside flyer, uh, Deshaun Jackson is, is the way to go, especially if the Rams have a competitive matchup, which I'm sure they have a lot of given the division that they're in. All right, do you want to talk uh, quarterback – streamers and defense streamers and all that stuff i don't have any drops do you have anyone you're talking about the drop um not no like hard drops but i'd say that gabriel davis is droppable if you need the bench space and the washington football team defense is definitely droppable you should probably be streaming defenses if you are the owner of the washington football team that's what i would say yep i think that both of those are fair uh moving to quarterbacks who was it that suggested who was really high on Sam Darnold and Kirk Cousins last week? I think it was me. It was you, and you were right. <laughs> I was right about both those players. And guess what? I have them both on the list again because they yeah. have a solid matchup. Cowboys for Sam Darnold. I forget who the Vikings play, but it, I, I let me look that up real quick. I, I definitely put Cousins on here for a reason. Um, oh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's the Browns. Um, who, who have looked very beatable as a defense. So, although not against uh, not against the Bears, not did you the see? Bears, yeah. I thought you said you were watching all the games. <laughs> no, I did, but that was more of a product of uh, sure, sure Jason I'm... Peters not being able to like block Miles Garrett. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I have both those guys as my QB streamers for this week. Yep, that's a good one. Uh, I knew you would have Cousins, so I went with Derek Carr versus the Chargers. Derek Carr has thrown 1,200 passing yards through the first three weeks. It's like that, the most ever, right? Uh, by him, yeah, but I I don't know. No, I think I saw it's the most ever through three uh, weeks. Maybe. If so, then he must have narrowly beaten Dak Prescott from last year because Dak was doing 400 yards a game as well. Right. But either way, that's a phenomenal stat line to, to have as Derek Carr. I mean, people are doubting you. They've doubted you for probably your whole NFL career. People are still doubting the Raiders. They're 3-0. I mean, two of them were overtime wins, so that's not sustainable. But, I mean, he's throwing the ball pretty well out there, man. He looks pretty good. Like if this he's whole Raiders the, team looks good. If I had Ryan Tannehill, I would definitely be picking up Derek Carr and starting him this week. Like somebody like him that was drafted in a lot of leagues, if people have – uh, oh God, if you're starting Trevor Lawrence, you're, you're entire, you're probably on three now, but yeah, <laughs> but definitely pick up Derek Carr versus the chargers this week. This should yeah, be, that's going to be a shootout. Should be a good game. It'll prove to us whether the Raiders are for real chargers are or for real. Both teams are three and zero, aren't they? Or did the chargers drop? Chargers, chargers dropped two and one boys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that'll be, I mean, God, AFC West and what's going on. In the West Coast, man, both those divisions, uh, <laughs> AFC and NFC, are, are just nasty. Yeah, yeah, definitely a crazy ascension by the uh, Raiders and Chargers are looking good, and the Broncos are even three and zero in that division. Like, yeah, I don't know what's up with the Broncos. That see, we'll have to, every team they've beat is zero and three. By the way, right? We have to wait yeah. and see if the Broncos can sustain their success, but they at least have proven. They can beat bad teams. <laughs> they're they're winning handily against bad teams, which is what you would expect from a good team. So we'll mm -hmm. see if they truly are a good team. 
Absolutely. All right. Uh, defense streamers that uh, you can put in, uh, I don't know, Bears and Titans were like the two, two that I that's, had. It's not a good week for defense. Yeah. Yeah. Titans play the Jets. So you've seen what Zach Wilson has done through three weeks of his NFL career. Definitely play defenses against the Jets. They are terrible. Uh, the Bears against the Lions, I feel, is just a good play because the Lions probably won't do a whole lot. They'll make some mistakes, but honestly, the Lions a high floor match. Yeah. High floor. Exactly. Probably not like the game winning week, but uh, yeah, the bears are definitely solid streaming defense this week. If, if they're on the waiver wire. Yeah. Look, Detroit is better than we thought they were going to be, but they're still, I don't think, I still don't think they're good or anything like that. So correct. Bears should, should and bears defense is solid and they have a solid run defense. And I think we mentioned it on the last pod, the Bears have a good uh, – or the Lions want to run the ball, and then the Bears have a good run defense. So it's a good good matchup from that perspective as well. All right. Tight ends? I don't have any tight ends. At the the only one I could find was uh, – well, I guess Tyler Conklin, if you really want to right. go that and route. I talked about Dan Arnold and Tommy Trumbull as, like, waiver pickups. I don't know about streamers this week. Like, I would say Dawson Knox, Bills tight end versus the Texans. That's a good one, yeah. He's just touchdown upside. He could have three catches, one touchdown, 15 yards. That's fine with me. Yeah. You know, I, you know I've never really thought about this. Is there a second tight end on the Kansas City Chiefs? I am sure there is, but I don't think they run a whole lot of two tight end sets and they certainly don't throw the ball to him. So yeah. I don't, don't know, dude. Um, it's just kind of funny. Like imagine if Travis Kelsey, God forbid, ever went down. <laughs> like, yeah. if, like who steps in there? I don't even know the name. Like most teams, you know, at least like the, who the second tight end is or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And like how TJ Hawkinson had a bad week, his co-partner in the tight end room, Darren Fells had a better, better week than he did. So. Yeah. Yeah, not um, a common thing, but I'm checking the Kansas City Chiefs depth chart right now just because I'm curious. Blake Bell. Oh, I didn't Blake Bell catch a touchdown. <laughs> well, he did catch a touchdown. Yeah, yeah, so, what do you uh, know about that? Yeah, I guess I did not watch it all the game. Oh, and Jody Fortson. I think I heard that name too. Okay, um, so they're out there. Probably they're out there. like they exist. They're probably combining for 20% of the snaps, and Kelsey has like 90% of the snaps. They just overlap slightly. So that's what I would expect to see if we looked at snap counts. But anyways, not worth not worth yeah. the, the breath from our lungs right now. Yeah, no, but listen, if you want to handcuff Kelsey, Blake Bell's your Blake Bell's <laughs> your guy. All right. Uh next episode we'll 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 have a special segment. We don't know what it is yet. We never really do, but it'll nope. be fun. And then we'll do our starts and sits as always. Dan, before we get out of here, why don't you tell them where to find us on social media so they can get in on this boomy bet action. Yeah, please follow us on Instagram. We are at Facebook or <laughs> we are at Fantasy Bible Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Instagram is our most active where you can catch Boomy Bets. It's basically free money. I mean, why would you not want to get on board with that? He's a cute little puppy. He picks he picks the spread on Thursday night football. Get on board. It's fun. Yeah. What, what more is there to know? And he's three and oh. All right. See you. See you on Thursday, everybody.